You're listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm here with the uh, the wonderful Lynn Albrecht. We are in Manchester at the Liberty Forum here, which has been a fantastic event so far. And uh, of course, Lynn Albrecht is here. She is at all of these events promoting justice, uh, especially in the court system, and promoting the release of non-violent offenders, and specifically promoting the case that is the Silk Road case, where her son, Ross Albrecht, just had the most disgusting trial and sentencing and it was such a miscarriage of justice so thank you so much for chatting with me Lynn and for uh, providing this update on everything that's going on. Always love to talk to you Naomi. So yeah where are we now? I mean last I heard I read on Twitter I think yesterday that Ross has been moved to a new prison now which seems like it's great news. Um, That's great news so just give us a rundown of of where we are currently. Sure. Um, yeah, Ross, um, being the very peaceful, nonviolent person that he is, uh, refused to assault another inmate uh, when he was called upon to do that. Um, sometimes that happens in prison where other inmates will say, you got to beat this guy up uh, for being a snitch or whatever. And Ross said, no, I'm not going to beat some guy up. That's not who I am. I don't believe in that. And um, so that made him a target. Uh, and so he had to put himself in protective custody and which meant he was literally in a 10 by 8 metal box with no window looking out or anything like that. Barely got outside maybe four times in, into another cage um, for three and a half months. And um, <clears throat> they, while I investigated, was there a real threat? It was determined there was. And ultimately, we went through a lot of things. But ultimately, he was sent to USP Tucson, which is a, a place where they do send people who have been targeted to keep them safe. So I'm very happy about it. You know, Ross says it's much safer, more relaxed. There's not a violence there. And, you know, he's having, he's had to deal with, he's a nonviolent guy. His security score is 10, which would put him into a camp with no fences if it weren't for this draconian sentence this judge gave him, which automatically puts him into a maximum security prison with violent gangs and some of the most dangerous criminals in the system, just because of the sentence. And um, so... He's not, he doesn't belong there. The guards even would say to me, well, he shouldn't be in here. Why? He shouldn't be behind bars, Lynn. Like. Actually, one of them said, hey, did you see the pardon Trump did? You need, to, you need to get to Trump. This is a guard in the prison because he knows Ross. In any case, yes, it's been a relief, and um, Ross is a lot more relaxed. He says it's, he's kind of coming down off of having to be aware all the time of, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very intense situation, but he's very happy to be there. We're happy he's there. Yeah. So I just wanted, yeah, I want to check the, the sound, but while I'm, I'm checking the sound, I did want to ask you, so I mean, the, uh, yeah, the sound all looks good. No one's mentioned anything. Um, the reason why Catherine Forrest actually gave Ross the sentencing, the crazy sentencing, harsh sentencing she, that she did, and I was there at the sentencing listening to this, just like gobsmacked. She was bringing up charges that Ross was never... Uh, actually charged with and that have since been all dismissed with prejudice and this is since the last time I've chatted with you so I do want to talk about that as well but she basically said that you know this person who uh, like citing all these things that that were never even taken to court in the sentencing for something completely different for for like that number one was crazy to me and number two um, when she was saying that that you are a danger for your political 
beliefs. That's what really shocked me. And I was like, how is this trial not being shut down right now? Where she's literally citing his beliefs, this, you know, um, anti-government overreach stands <laughs> and saying that he is, a, he is a danger to society and needs to be locked away. So that is what led to him being in this maximum security prison with people who are actually dangerous people, whereas Ross is an incredibly peaceful, non-violent person. So... You've met Ross. You know him to an extent. And you... I mean, he just exudes peace and it's, yeah, it's... Oh. But let me say, you, you, you touched on two of the, to me, the, two of the most important points in the whole sentencing and the whole situation. One is the judge violated the Sixth Amendment by bring right to a jury trial, by bringing in uncharged allegations that were never proven or ruled on by a jury. He was never convicted of it. The Sixth Amendment was written to protect the accused from such judges um, because we're supposed to be judged by a jury of 12 by our, of our peers, not one judge who on their own decides that, oh, the prosecutor right and I'm going to put this person away for life because I think it's right. The jury never had a chance to rule on it at all. It was never proven and as you say, it was never charged at trial and then later it was completely dropped from everything. So it's, it's gone. Um, and yet it remains as part of the justification for this draconian sentence. The, uh, and this is really wrong. This is, and it's being done in our system. I didn't know this, but apparently it's, being done, it's been done for decades. It's been, in fact, Justice Scalia spoke out against this, this uh, you know, violation in other cases. He said, this has gone on long enough. We have a Sixth Amendment. The, uh, these judges you know, should not be allowed to do this. The other, the other thing you touched on is um, being punished for your philosophy, your political beliefs. She said, we know that you started this site for philosophical reasons, which is true. And I'm just not sure that's a philosophy you've left behind. She, she mentioned Ross's letter where he said, I'm so sorry if there's anything that, you know, I've done. You know, this was, I, it was this beautiful, heartfelt letter. And she said, I just don't believe it. I don't think that you've left this uh, philosophy behind. And it's like, wait, so you're charging him for a philosophy now? Is that what this is about? We have a First Amendment in the United States, which is that, you, and part of it is you cannot be sentenced based on your creed, your philosophy, your, it's freedom of speech, and she admits it in writing, in the transcript, on the record, okay? And so anyone who has a philosophy of voluntary interaction, free markets, um, and so forth should take note, because this is partly, and a great deal part of it, why Ross is in a cage, and until unless we can get him out for the rest of his life. And it was started for philosophical reasons. The idea was to have, you know, the first instance of a truly free market, you know, unfettered by uh, like overreach and draconian laws, and you know, what would happen if we if we had a free society? Let's have this experiment. And um, and I think personally, I think that's a, a, a beautiful philosophy. Um, but it's something that a lot of libertarians resonate with. You know, it's a lot of lot of libertarians would look at that and say, yes. You know, I believe in freedom and individual responsibility and making your own choices. As long as you don't hurt other people um, and as long as you don't take their stuff, you know, as long as there's not, not fraud there, uh, then you should 
be fine. And um, that's literally what Silk Road said on the site. You couldn't have any substances that, that hurt others, that were illegal, all of that. I mean, that, that were like... Uh, like I, huh? Intended for harm, no child pornography, uh, no stolen property, all of that kind of thing. Anything that created a victim... And it, it, they considered drugs a choice. Um, we, that can be argued, but that was, you know, it, it was a choice. And uh, it was mostly, by the way, overwhelmingly user amounts of cannabis. Overwhelmingly. Oh, cannabis, that deadly substance. Oh, I'm so glad that, you know, nonviolent people are being locked away behind bars and paid for with taxpayer money to get those crazy pot smokers off the street. I mean, it's just crazy. But, like, the point of, of bringing this up is that um, a lot of li libertarians resonate with this message. And it's no coincidence that the first thing right out the gate that gets said about Ross is, oh, he's a murderer. Because you can imagine the number of libertarians that dropped him. As soon as, you know, the media started uh, propagating that, this wasn't brought up, you know, in court, uh, like, as a charge or anything like that. This was brought up by the media incessantly, though. And you know what is brought up by every person when I tweet about this case and I say, da, 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 support Russell Brick, I'll generally have like 99 people saying, free Ross, this is terrible, what a miscarriage of justice. And I'll have like one asshole who's like, didn't you kill someone? And it's like, these people, I mean, I, I, don't, I shouldn't call them assholes actually, because it's the media that are the assholes. These are people who are just digesting what the media is putting out there. And I do it all the time. I will read something and I'll think, oh, you know, this is probably true because the media says it. But the fact is that this was a character assassination right out the gate that led so many libertarians to just drop him right off the bat. And that is what's so devastating. The amount of groundswell that would have been around Ross had the media not have been propagating uh, these lies. It, I mean, it, it would have been crazy. So I don't, I, I, I really don't um, hate any of the people who have been misled by this because we've all been misled by media. But we need to be smarter than that. And we need to, if we're someone who does know the truth, if we do actually know the facts of the trial, the facts of the case, be actually spreading awareness about this because it's such an important issue. And I hate to see these lies perpetuated. Well, first of all, after all this, I don't believe what I read in the media. Very rarely. Well, I, I, you and me both. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe not. But um, uh, absolutely. And I, I ask people, so what do we have trials for? Well, just have a media lynching and get it over with. You know, no problem. And it's, it's the government feeding the media and the media getting the clickbait, the sensationalistic, hey, what's more exciting to read about? Good boy gone bad, murder for hire, or, you know, an idealistic uh, libertarian who was doing an economic experiment that got out of hand and didn't mean any harm. And, you know, it's like, well, wow, which would, you know, you want to click and find out? And um, this has been going on. I mean, honestly, I, this is one of the main things I've been fighting for five years. You, you're so incredible, Lynn. I mean, you pushed yourself recently, a Breaker interview, Breaker magazine put out an interview with you, which I really enjoyed. But just, they were talking about you personally and your involvement in this. I mean, you're someone who was not politically active 
prior to this and just after all of this happened and it personally touched your life and you've just learned so much about what's going on in the justice system you've been an advocate fighting for other people you know you've been spreading awareness about issues and mis miscarriages of justice going on uh, in like the court system that are affecting all of us that we need to be knowing like you're such a crusader you've pushed yourself past like beyond the brink of your health and you're just such an incredible person and you know we're all like part of the liberty movement we're all so lucky to have you fighting for this court oh, well thank you um yeah it's been it's been quite a fight but you know what once you start going to prison and you meet the families and you see the children especially this is what gets to me and these are not often nonviolent people. These are six, over 60% of prisoners are nonviolent, like Ross. It's and mostly drug offenders. The drug war is fueling this whole horror. And um, there are a lot of people making a lot of money out of this. A lot of money. They have a big investment in keeping this going. And these kids, they're so happy to see their dad, and they're all. And then they get torn away. They're sobbing. They're shattered. The the families are under incredible stress. And so I have to fight. It's like. I, 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 you know, when I get Ross out, I'll still keep fighting for them because this is wrong. This is evil. And it's really un-American. Before the drug war, it was, there was a very steady, um, around 180,000 prisoners. It's metastasized 800%. Life sentences have quintupled. There's over 17,000, according to the sentencing project, nonviolent people like Ross serving life. Life sentences for nonviolence. This was never true when I was growing up. This is not what our country is supposed to be, and it, I feel like it's being hijacked by really totalitarian methods that are decimating our justice system and um, making trials a joke. I mean, 98% of people now are pressured by prosecutors to plea or they're threatened, and they mostly do because they know that they're going to lose a trial. This is not what our founders intended. And it's, it hurts us all. You know, you can say, oh, well, drugs. It's like, no, it percolates down to all of us. And so you currently have a petition out at the moment. I think it's at 130,000 signatures right now. Uh, it's pushing 133,000. It's over. It's almost 133 today. Awesome. So if you haven't signed the petition, this is so important. Uh, as Lynn mentioned, there are even people uh, in the guards mentioning you know, the, tr the pardons that, that Trump is doing at the moment. So president does have a lot of power. Whoever is in office does have a lot of power. And currently Trump does have the ability to pardon nonviolent criminals. And he has been doing that. Uh, he, he has a precedent of doing that. So if we can get as much uh, exposure about this case, if we can spread the word, uh, I'm going to put the link below in the information but basically if you go to change.org and type in Ross Ulbricht you will find this but I'll post a link below and if you can sign that if you can send it to your mother if you can send it to your brother and your best friend just get people to sign this because this is so important we're aiming for 500,000 signatures in order to you know make a splash and get the president's attention because Ross should not be behind bars um, and especially not for two life sentences plus 40 years when the largest drug dealer on Silk Road got like 10 years. And he has the same offense score as Ross. Um, it's a political case, really. And um, I just want to say, you can also go to freeross.org. There's a big red banner. Click it. You're there. Um, look, even if you don't, if you think he's a bad guy, even if you um, think Silk Road is a horrible thing, you know, there's an argument for that. Just look at the sentence. This is a nonviolent, first-time offender, 
double life plus 40 years. He was 26 years old when he created Silk Road with an ideal in mind. He's matured. <laughs> You know, and it wasn't even him running it by the end of it. That's what. That's another thing that was not brought out. But it's a huge, huge issue. Um, but you can reach out, and if you wanted to reach Ross directly, there are lots of ways you can do that. Freeross.org is a great place. Bitbacker.io uh, is helping out the um, the case as well. If you wanted to send a message to Ross, you can go to Bitbacker. You can type in your message along with the donation because. This case is expensive, it's ongoing, this fight is ongoing, so any support that you can send it would be amazing. I know that um, a lot of people have been showing you a lot of support on Bitbacker, they've been sending messages directly to Ross, so if you wanted to send him a message, go through there and um, and that will all be passed along uh, so that he can read you know, the, the, the message along with donations. Yeah, and I just want to thank you, Naomi. You've been in here with walking with us since the beginning. You're at sentencing, and you were there at trial for part of it too. Therefore, yeah, the pre, just after the trial and the sentence, right? And just have been so supportive and had that fundraiser, and have just been such a great voice for uh, and took part in our other fundraiser. Um, and I just really thank you. And it's been people like Naomi and others that have stepped up and stuck stuck with us for you know this is a long haul. And it's made it possible. It really has. So thank you. So it's an important cause. So I'm going to put that link below. But thank you so much, Lynn. Uh, please send my love to Ross and give him a big hug from me. He really liked you a lot. Yeah. What's not to like? But you know. Um, but yeah. And if you have a message, pass it along. But best of luck with everything. And I'm thank getting you. you. <laughs> For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.